Sir, there's something up ahead. It looks like some kind of life form or nebula. I know that's a wide range of uh, possible scans, but uh, it seems to be moving. It's moving toward the ship, Captain. Orders? Roger that. Moving in for the scan. Let's run a scan on this thing. Uh, it looks like it's got a metallic. Scratch that semi-metallic object at its center. Uh, these are these are ion drive readings. Uh, the, uh, those readings only come off of a warp shell, sir. It it's uh, these readings aren't good, sir. This is uh, it looks like there's a hyperdense cube, some kind of material inside the warp shell. No crew. Uh, we're we're being hailed, sir, but not on an audible frequency. It's uh, it's either binary code or. Some type of advanced machine language, I'm not sure what it is. I wait. We're getting something here. Oh, God. No. No, a warp shell in the hands of one of them? It, it's impossible. Sir, it's something something's happening now. We're we're getting a reading of some kind. It was terrifying. They died cold, lonely deaths in space. Greetings, everybody. My little program, people. All the lumpy-headed weirdos, just as far as the eye can see. Welcome back to Runehammer. This is RPG Mainframe. This is the podcast that's shown enough to last. The radio show that you don't even know where it's going to go. Well, sure you do. We're going to talk about RPG stuff. Anywho. That's a cool intro, right? Jeez, what am I doing? Anyway, welcome back, everybody. It's Runehammer, your favorite podcast right here on Runehammer, starring none other than Runehammer on the RPG mainframe. This is episode 43. Can you believe that? It's May. Somehow, three weeks of May have turned into complete vapor in the blink of an eye. I have no idea where May went. Things are crazy. This year feels crazy in its, in its pace. It's a little hectic. As far as all the fun of creating, and uh, I need to carve out some time just to kick back and roll some bones, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, hey, it's episode 43. Welcome back to RPG Mainframe, everybody. Good to have you. Thank you, patrons, for your support, and welcome, newcomers. I hope you guys are all out there enjoying the full audiobook of Mud and Horn, Sword and Sparrow, the amount of passion, hard work, and time that went into creating that. It's hard to overstate. It's absolutely moving to hear all those words being uh, read by Mason Hunter with such fervor and all the cool voices and everything. Really fun. So you guys just get it in one big MP3 on your RSS feed. And then, of course, it'll be broken into chapters and so on and so forth on Audible, like all other audiobooks. You can buy it with your monthly credit and so on and so forth. The other two books are going to be out there soon. So that was probably the hugest reward as far as labor that I've ever put on Patreon. And it's for the $1 tier. So it's just like, hell yeah, my peoples. Ow! So I don't know if y'all are as excited about that as I am. But uh, to, to write, refine, edit, rewrite all those words, and then to have them finally come into this form, this is a, a five or more year process to reach that MP3 and get it to you guys. So really proud of that. Um, 
and you know, getting all the music and everything, and that was really fun. Anyway, that was a bit of a digression. This is RPG Mainframe. We're not here to talk about the past. We're here to talk about the future, about being badass game masters. That's what we're here to talk about. And today's topic is a little bit heading into an area that I hope to get more into. I say that about just about everything, though, so, well, why not? Why curb my enthusiasm now, right? This is, episode 43 is sort of what I'd like to call a designer's journal concerning the ICRPG virgin version of Vigilante City. That is a mouthful right there. It's not an ICRPG virgin. That's just weird. I don't know what that means. Okay. The Immaculate Design Conception. <laughs> Away in a manger, the target was low. He rolled a D20, but only got foe. Anyhow, okay. So, to catch you guys up, Bloat Games published a world and rule set called Vigilante City. It's part of his Survive This series, which is basically a D20 sort of retro clone feeling um, game system, but it has advantage and stuff, so it's a little bit of a modern D20 system. And then he's got some um, modern day thematics, like he did uh, Dark Places and Demogorgons, which is sort of a tribute to the Stranger Things type 80s sort of feel. And he got a lot of success with that. And this is sort of loosely connected with his Survive This series, which is zombies and some other things. And then he brought in superheroes. Now, part of this Kickstarter that he did as a stretch goal was that there was going to be an index card RPG conversion of the Vigilante City setting and books. Okay, so this stretch goal was met. Then this these wheels start turning, right? These wheels beneath the cosmos. And so Eric... I think just sort of a, that's Eric Bloat is the owner of Bloat Games, the main writer and creator. I think he assumed I was just too busy to do it or something. God bless him. And so he's looking around for creative and prolific individuals to accomplish this conversion task. Now that's a key word because I want to throw that word out the window here in a little while, but that was the mindset in the beginning. And so he found the prolific work of Victor Diaz, uh, who works on the forums and stuff, and who's always enthusiastically cramming ideas into Index Card RPG, be they from other IPs, from video games, movies, cartoons, all kinds of stuff. He has a great time with sort of listing out possible mechanics and loot and stuff that could capture some of these feels. He just does it in reams. And so him and Eric hooked up. Victor started working on the Index Card RPG version of Vigilante City. Now, in Eric's version, Vigilante City is a very Batman-like, a very DC-style supers universe. Now, keep that in mind, too. So you've got a conversion, and you've got this DC feel. So Victor got a little bit of ways into the task, and then here I come creeping out of the bushes, you know, sniffing something out. My ears were burning, and I was like, hey, are you guys working on that Vigilante City thing? He's like, yeah, let me see that draft. And I looked at the draft, and to Victor's credit, it was a very faithful conversion. It was converting, like literally as a verb, converting the Vigilante City books, which are pretty big books, uh, over into index card mechanics. Now that in itself, that was an admirable sort of task and it was going along well, but right away, I just felt this huge amount of text to it. And there's just a lot there. There's just a lot. So there's a lot of work that had been done, but I was in a little bit of a, a, a dilemma. 
I wanted to respect Victor's work so far. I wanted to respect the source material, which is the Survive This Book by Eric Bloat. But when I was looking at it, I was like, this is not an index card RPG book. It's just, they're not this big. You know, you guys, uh, I think, have come to expect a certain boiled down nature to my work, um, which is, you know, very condensed and very brief and eliminates two thirds of the stuff, so to speak, to get you those nuggets. And when you do that, simply eliminating parts of really cool creative lists and tables, it doesn't work. You get sort of a stub. And so I saw this edifice of work ahead and I was I was looking at, you know, Victor having this pinned on him. You know, this is a guy with a job and a family. And I was like, oh man, this is just gonna be, this is gonna be painting yourself into a corner big time. This is gonna, this is gonna blow up and get difficult. And so then I stuck my nose where it was not necessarily invited, as I always do. And I said, you guys, I, I need to do this. I'm, I'm on deck. So we got Victor to sort of finish out some of his work, did some cool tables, kind of boiled down some of these city dynamics systems, did a bunch of loot items for me to choose from to make loot tables, and kind of rounded out his work. And then he moved back to his primary project, which I think is still unannounced. So I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag on that one. But he's got a cool project that I'm always poking at him to keep working on because he works on a little lot of little side projects but he's got one that I think is really cool so I'm pounding on him to just go work on that make that beautiful and I'm going to take this superhero game and I'm going to kill this thing so what I wanted to tell you guys is the creative process that I've gone through because I'm almost done now and I wanted to tell you about the creative process not so that I can wave the you know American flag of creativity and you know, behold, my wonderful creative process. No, no, no. The point of doing the designer journal on Vigilante City is I actually wanted to reinforce the primary message that this podcast is about every damn month, which is we are all in this creative process together. And so by exposing this sort of craziness that I've gone through, I, I want to, to just open my poker hand here to show my cards so that there are no secrets and nobody out there who's struggling creatively is ever feeling like they are on the bench or they're in the B squad. You're not in the B squad. Everybody being creative in life is facing similar challenges. And when you put them out in the open, not only does it encourage others, it makes you feel good about your own self. So everybody wins when you just come clean like this. And that's what I wanted to do on episode 43. So this is the Vigilante City sort of designer journal about what I've gone through. Now, there's one more reason that I thought it was really important to be ultra transparent about this process for episode 43. This trend that I'm about to describe has been building and taking place and unfolding before our very eyes as hardcore hobbyists for the past three to five years. And it is in no small coincidence uh, occurring with 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. I feel a trend that the DIY element of our hobby is going further into the underground of the hobby. The surface level of the hobby is becoming very like, you know, buy the glitzy new book and run a few adventures from it. You know, if we want to... What's the most contemporary example would be like um, if we want ship combat rules. Well, all you have to do is buy the new Ghosts of Saltmarsh book and it's got ship combat rules, right? To me, this is a bit anathema to the fundamental DIY nature of our hobby. 
And I see it getting a lot more press that there are cool new books that you can buy where you don't need to DIY the stuff. Now, of course, I can't be too much of a hard ass here, right? Because I'm a publisher. <laughs> so if you guys become completely DIY, you don't need my books either. And honestly, as a creative person and not as a businessman, that's kind of where I sit. That is <laughs> undermines my own business. But at the same time, I just cannot deny that I fundamentally believe this is a do-it-yourself hobby, and that's the reason it's such a cool hobby. The reason it's an awesome hobby is not because it's like Hollywood, where we go and buy the latest creativity. We are the creative workforce of this hobby. And it's somewhat the, the sort of popularity era is what I'm calling the current era of, of role-playing. This popularity era might suggest to us in some of its uh, marketing materials that you need or should really want the latest piece of creative work. But I'm here to tell you the best piece of creative work is the one you do yourself. Damn it. Mm. So this again brings me back to why I thought it was important to do episode 43 about a designer's journal for Vigilante City. I wanted you guys to hear some of the chronicling of the blundering and shenanigans that I go through to make one of these sort of works, so to speak, to reinforce that do-it-yourself component. And I can't put it any more gently than saying buck the trend of buying the coolest new thing. Buck the trend of buying the coolest new thing and do it yourself. And I would like to believe that I represent that with authenticity and honesty as a publisher. Now, of course, I would love you to read some of my new work, but really, you can create your own superhero RPG. You're already here at Runehammer. You're already here listening to RPG Mainframe. You're already one of the members of the badass shield wall. You are at the red-hot core of the hobby. You can do it. But I also believe that my contributions have their own cool to them. And as Alan Barr from Gallant Knight says, making RPGs is fun. I'm in this business because I love doing it, not necessarily because I believe people need this content. And that's probably true of some of the people at Wizards of the Coast as well. But for me, it's very important to constantly hammer on, ooh, to rune hammer on, this same point, which is that the, the hobby of playing and creating role-playing games is do-it-yourself. Okay, so... Enough grandstanding and shibbity ba I'm waving my arms. I, I wish the, the microphone cannot see me, but maybe you can hear the air whooshing. Because I'm waving my arms with such speed and kung fu fervor, kung fervor, about how excited I am about this sort of pillar of truth that to me defines Runehammer and, in this case, drives an episode of the RPG mainframe. So now you know how Vigilante City sort of got its wheels rolling. So I'm walking into this project knowing that I would love to do a superhero book. Oh my God, that sounds so cool. It was not part of my original plan for Index Card RPG at all. I imagined, you know, plenty of players out there will be creating supers, uh, you know, powers systems and stuff like that. My real experience with doing uh, powers games or superhero games is from Heroes Unlimited back in the day a little bit of TMNT as well, and, and some of GURPS supers. Um, 
all point buy type systems. I knew that I wanted to make one, but then suddenly I find myself in a relatively complicated situation when the time comes to do it. I didn't know if it's going to be a print book or just a PDF. And then I'm like sitting on this edifice of already done work and looking at sort of an edifice of thematic work, which is what Eric had done over at Bloat Games, which is a DC theme. Remember, I mentioned this. There are two things I want to throw out when I'm doing this project. And these were the two big ones, the concept of a conversion and the concept of DC. So this was my sort of first hurdle. I sit down, I want to have fun and make a superhero RPG. There's already all this work done and it's DC. Okay, so calm down. I'm not feeling too excited all of a sudden. I walk away from it. A couple nights pass. I come back. I'm like, ooh, superheroes are so cool. <laughs> you know, as happens to us all every few days, we all think back. Come on, be honest. Superheroes are cool. I want to do something. Um, so it came to a moment that I want to invite you guys to consider part of your toolbox and not to feel crappy about it. Two things. Number one. Never be afraid to just take a large body of work, happily read it and ingest it and learn from it, and then slide it slowly into the garbage bin. This does not mean that it was bad work. This does not mean that it is useless. This does not mean that it is below your standards. It doesn't mean any of those things. It means that it was part of the preparation phase. It does not need to be cut and spliced and salvaged and reused and find its way into the final work. You can even have your preparation work, your early notes, so to speak, in one window. And in your other window, you have your final work, which is a clean page. And you're writing clean words, new paragraphs in your final document and looking at your notes just as a point, a point of information, a point of inspiration. And that's what I wound up doing. I took all this work that Victor had done and all of the work that Eric had already done, tried to sort of absorb it spiritually and then start with a very fresh page with all that stuff in my brain rather than the far more unfun and frankly daunting task of snipping, splicing, and salvaging. Snipping, splicing, and salvaging, you guys, is not fun. None of those words sound fun. It's like when Sylvester Stallone had to re-edit Rambo the fourth time and because they had thrown some of the film canisters out and burned them because they thought the movie was garbage and there he is snipping, splicing, and salvaging. And if you see the video where he retells this tale, it sounded like living hell making that movie. Movie turned out awesome. First blood. I digress. Anyway, Snipping, splicing, and salvaging are not fun. So don't do not fun things. We're here to have fun. So don't do those things. You have a bunch of work, a bunch of writing, maybe art, whatever. It's sitting over here. You're looking at it to put your mind in the right place, your Zen mind, to absorb on an intuitive level. But when it comes time to make your final work, you write from a new place, a place that's highly informed but completely unbound. And this is a piece of advice that you can use for all kinds of creative work and even sort of, uh, you know, workplace work, which is don't be bound by what's normally called sunk cost. Sunk cost is people have put a lot of time and effort into this, so you damn well better salvage, snip, and splice. I'm like, no, but I only do things that are fun. Those three things don't sound fun, so I'm out. <laughs>
That was my first huge moment. Okay, so then the second big one. This was hard to face, I gotta admit. So I'm looking at using the term vigilante city from Eric Bloat's books, right? And this is a well-received uh, world and set of books, like the, the readers that are out there that made this possible via Kickstarter, that initiated the interest in me doing this, are interested in the vigilante city world. And this is a world that Eric created, and it is a DC Comics world. A lot of the superheroes don't have powers. They have tactical gear. It's street level. It's block to block. There's no Galactus. There's no mutants, right? There's this, this sort of Marvel style of superhero world is just simply not there. And so I'm looking at setting this up. Okay, I'm starting fresh. This is pretty cool. I get to share some art with the, with the Vigilante City books. That's fun. Okay, let's pull this together. Need, I need some more art that I don't have. Here we go. I need this guy. I can get this in here. I need a supercar, etc. And then I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know what? You know, no offense to anybody out there, but I don't like DC. <laughs> I don't like Batman. I don't like Superman. Really, the only DC thing I even sort of like is Green Lantern. I kind of like Green Lantern, but not really. I like Green Lantern how he is in my head, <laughs> not how he is in the actual DC comics. So I'm faced with this like, whoa, whoa. I, if I'm going to make a supers book, I don't want to make a DC book. I can't stomach that. I'm too creatively stubborn or spoiled or too insolent, right? I couldn't do it. And so then I go through this whole, I got this whole internal happening. Can I even do this? Is this worth the time? I've been waylaid into do this. This wasn't even my Kickstarter. I got freaking cornered on this. Woe is me. I'm not having fun. I walk away from the project for a couple more days. This is how May slips away, right? Um, so I get in touch with Eric and I said, I can't even do this. Let's just, so I fire up a hangout, gets on there and I'm like, dude, here's what's up. You know, I want to make it mine. I got to find a way. And Eric being awesome, he's just like, go for it. I mean, unleash. You know, my readers, this is him talking, don't want an ICRPG version just to convert mechanics. They want the the angle. They want the different take. So I'm like, oh, God, that's great. So we make some agreements. We get it down. We're good to go. Call ends. I'm rejuvenated. I'm psyched. Then for like four days, I bang out the core guts of Index Card RPG Vigilante City because I got that freedom. And all I needed to do to get that freedom was just be honest. I just needed to tell Eric, just man to man, I don't like Batman. <laughs> now that sounds silly, right? But I think you guys can all relate to the to the little bit of a dilemma that I was in. Sometimes when you're doing creative collaboration or creativity in your own mind, it's hard to just just to stick your feet in the mud and say, I don't like Batman or I don't like whatever. It may seem like whatever is an essential part of what you're trying to create, like a required or a compulsory like concept in what you're supposed to be making. Oh, it's a fantasy world. Of course there are swords. And in the back of your mind, you might be saying, I don't like swords. The minute that you can just face it and plant your damn feet and say, I don't like Batman, this tremendous weight is lifted. The breeze becomes cool and you find yourself running through the grass of creativity 
toward the cliff of eventual realization. <laughs> Anyways, this is what happened to me. I, I, I knew that I had to make a Marvel-style world. I knew that I needed to completely reinvent Vigilante City. I couldn't just do a conversion. I just don't have fun doing that, even though that might be cool. It's just not fun for me. So I, those two things set me free. Then all I had to do is make up a bunch of retcon excuses. So why isn't Vigilante City like it is in Eric's books? Oh, because it's in the future. And duh, there was a mutant crisis. Hello. Of course, that's what happened. So, you know, 10 years after Eric's setting is my setting. The city has completely changed. This thing called the mutant crisis happened. I still don't even know what that is, but it sounds cool. So now you've got all this sort of these more X-Men style heroes. Right. We've got more Avengers style heroes and the threats and more cosmic sort of dooms that come along with those style of heroes. And now I'm like, ooh, now I got mutant regeneration. I got energy blasts. I got like phasing. I've got like all this stuff I want from my X-Men days. Like, yes, yes, yes. I'm on this. I got my Spider-Man type powers. I'm flowing. I'm rolling. I'm cramming it down. I, I even let go of like the classes he created. I just let it all go. And I think the reason I really wanted to tell this story is that the creative hard work in doing this had two pieces. The first piece was the letting go. And like so many things in life, what you're doing in the present moment is so much easier than holding on to what has been done. The past weighs so much more than the present to the mind, and especially the creative mind, which is a, a lazy bum. The past is so heavy to drag around. The sunk cost is so heavy that you find yourself working on a project for 15 minutes and you're weary and you're wandering off to play on the swings, right? But with the past gone, you're completely free. So that was the first hard part for me was the letting go and the releasing of expectations and of so-called requirements. Now, the second difficult part is no joke, and that is finishing. And that has still continues to be the hardest part of every single project that I work on. It's when all the enthusiasm is pretty much played out. You've done the ideas you imagined. They've all come together quite nicely, but there's a lot of little... T's to cross and tags to complete and this page is janky looking and there's some spelling errors here and the, this table, I never even filled that in. I need to get that done. All this little stuff. You're weary. You're behind schedule. You have a million other things to do. You get a cold. Break your ankle. Monkeys have moved into your basement and they have very bad manners. All kinds of things are happening to disrupt your project at the last 5%. So those are the two hard parts for me. Now, as for Vigilante City itself, all of you guys are going to be seeing it very soon because it's about to drop, as they say, in cool culture. Basically, it takes Index Card RPG and adds powers. And powers come along with a stun system. In my view of real cool superheroes, they actually don't suffer that much frightening HP damage. And so what I developed is this stun system. And to me, this was all really just aped from the old Avengers arcade game. If any of you guys have had the pleasure of playing that old game, the heroes really don't get, you know, killed 
so much as they reach this state where they take a knee and they go, I can't move, and they're stunned. And then another hero needs to come over and tag your man, and he's back in the action, right? And this is how I saw the heroes in my world. So there's a new stun system, there's a power system, there's a bunch of villains that come with it, and they all have six abilities, so you can use a 1d6 to run them in the game. Then, of course, you do have the city, which is a different city than in the other books, and so I give you some dice mechanics to either choose locations in the city, little descriptions of what's going on in parts of the city, so you can have some fun settings. And then, of course, you get your evil schemes, which drive your villains to clash with your heroes. Get some origin story stuff for your heroes and so on and so forth. So basic little supplement will not be available in print because I just don't think it's big enough. I think it's going to come in around 60 pages or 50 pages. So it won't be part of that core ICRPG book family, but really excited with it. We've had one pretty robust play test with it already on the Discord channel. And uh, Dave Thamavor is going to be running another one here soon to test out the uh, hero types and powers that we didn't really get a chance to run through. Get all that playtest data in, edit and complete the villains, and then I'm going to be done. The art is mostly the art you see in um, Eric's Vigilante City books, but you know how my books are. There's a lot of sort of little peripheral art here and there, extra little tidbits and more heroes. Then I need to get the tokens built for everything so you have a little bit of VTT for your whole deal, maybe print and play so on and so forth. That's how I do my releases. So just get all that done and I'll be complete. But this stuff to me is relatively mechanical, kind of, uh, you know, publishing protocol, if you will. Once the creative work is done, you just kind of, those are like, those are little publishing gnomes all doing their somewhat mechanical tasks. And then you get your publishable PDF. So that, that's where I'm at. But I really wanted to talk about these, these sort of moments I went through, not because I'm making them theatrical, but because they really happened. I mean, this is like a thing I went through. And now that I'm sort of looking back on it, I'm like, you know, 95% done. And I get to sort of look back and start to think about what I can prove, what I learned from this project, what I'm going to take into the next project and so forth. That's where episode 43 just went, boop, hit me right on top of the hit. And I was like, oh man, I know exactly what to talk about with the guys and gals this month on RPG Mainframe. So there you have it. Let go of those expectations and requirements. They don't mean nothing. Let go. And then secondly, just run from there. Just once you have that past set down, just face what you really want and what you really don't. Right? I don't like Batman. That was my huge moment. Is Batman cool? That is a different discussion that I bet many of you are fired up about right now, and that's why you're my people. Batman is a very polarizing subject. <laughs> Batman and child poverty. I'll tell you why. You know, you really get people fired up. Anyway, that's my little developer's journal for episode 43, you guys. I wanted to tell you about some of the creative struggles that I went through to create Vigilante City. Um, it's been a fast project compared to many, um, just over a few months rather than a little over a year. And so that's fun to kind of crank it out and get her done. And once this is over, and this is the exciting ending of episode 43 of the RPG mainframe, we are ready to begin attacking 
the fourth index card RPG book, and that is Rooms. So an entire book devoted to room design, spatial room design, theme room design, the tables and details that go with every room, an entire book packed with rooms, not new mechanics, not new character options, not new loot, none of that stuff, just maps, places, encounters for your games. Thank you, by the way, everybody who's been posting all the amazing ideas and game photos on the forums. The game groups playing are so great. Some of these school groups and then the crazy terrain crafting and all the innovations into new settings, all the table aids that everybody's creating. Absolutely amazing to see such a simple idea stick to the wall and then begin to grow in the imaginations of all of you amazing, lumpy-headed monstrosities out there rocking this hobby the DIY way, stone cold holding up the underground, not messing around. This hobby never going to be the same because this is RPG Mainframe. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'll catch you for episode 44. And watch out for May's Room Design and Tables PDF. Those are coming up in a couple of days. Keep your eyes peeled. Keep it real. Don't steal. you always going to get a deal. This is Hankerin Burnall signing off. RPG Mainframe. I'll see you guys on the internet. Oh, <laughs>